As we get started today, I'm going to start by reading from the book of Matthew, which is the first book, of course, in the New Testament. We're going to start in chapter 6, verses 31 to 34. As we start in Matthew 6, 31 through 34, we can please stand together as we read Matthew 6, 31 through 34, to honor the reading of his word. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34 say, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you shall have need of all these things. But seek thee first the kingdom of God, See first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you. Therefore, take no thought about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought about these things for itself, of itself. Sufficient to the day is the trouble thereof. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Where's Waldo? I don't know if you remember Where's Waldo. That's why I'm wearing this tie, even though it's not a Where's Waldo tie. I thought about ordering a Where's Waldo tie, but it wouldn't have been here in time. And I may still order one. They had several. They actually, Where's Waldo was a book series that was so popular in the 1990s, maybe even the early, late 80s, I don't know. But it was real popular in the 90s. It may have started at, uh, like I said, in the late 80s, who knows. But definitely in the 90s and in the early millennium. And they still have them even today. But Where's Waldo was a book series that was so very popular that it became a cartoon. It had toys and uh, all sorts of other things. It was popular with children. It was even so popular, a lot of adults enjoyed it because it was a visual thing in which they had the books. In fact, we, we at Sam's Club, I remember, we used to sell a whole bunch. You remember, brother. They sold a whole, whole bunch. And then they had them at all these different places. They even had toys, I remember, at Wendy's and other things. Where's Waldo? He would wear <clears throat> a little stocking cap and glasses and he wore a, a white and red striped shirt you remember and <clears throat> on the ties they had they have a, that i saw for sale they had some of their pages right out of the book and but then there was one that i really like to get that has just a tie full of pictures of just him all over the place but that was not the point of this of the books if you recall where's waldo the books were they'd have these pictures now i'll just pick one particularly because i remember they did this one almost every one of the books you would have pictures, and let's say it was a, a, a place at a beach. And in the beach, you'd have all these different things in the beach. And on the beach, you'd have people wearing different colors and everything. And he was always wearing his usual thing. He'd have a walking stick, and he'd have his blue jeans on, and his brown shoes. And he'd have his white and red striped shirt with his hat and that brown hair and all that goofy look and smile on his face. Anyway, it was hard to see him. Now, how could that be with all these colors? Well, because they were smart. They would hide him in the midst of all these people. And the people, some would be wearing white and red striped swimming trunks, and they would have a beach ball that had red and white. The point is, is he'd be hiding really well. Now, some people say, oh, I found him like that. But it's funny how when they found him like that, they'd be going, and they'd be looking every which way for him. They'd finally find him. That was the point. And every book was that way. He might be at a festival. They, 
But it was hard to find Waldo. Where's Waldo? And that was the point. They made tons of money doing it. Waldo was really popular, and I guess still is. Who knows? I don't keep up on that jazz. But they would find him. Where's Waldo? Find all sorts of places. Easy to find, right, or not so fast. The picture was always hard to find, I say. But anyway, it was surprising how popular he was. You know, last week, last week, I had a sermon that was called, God is Everywhere. Now, I don't know if you all remember that or not. God is everywhere, man. Remember I had that sermon? God is everywhere, man. Well, I said that he was omnipresent, and he is. He's everywhere. He's all over the universe. He's everywhere. But just because he's everywhere, it doesn't mean you're going to find him in everywhere. God is all over the universe, but it doesn't mean that you're going to find God in everything. Because he's not in everything. He might be all over the universe. But it doesn't mean that he is in everything. And people look for God in all the wrong places. And they do. And that is the title of today's sermon, In All the Wrong Places. People look for God in all the wrong places. Many, many times they look for God in all the wrong places. I know what you're thinking, by the way. I do. Looking for God in all the wrong places. Looking for I know you were. You don't, don't tell me you weren't because I knew you was. I, knew, I can read your mind. Anyway, because I'm sick of the same thing. So they was. So they're looking for God in all the wrong places. Through time, there are many false gods. I'm talking about lowercase g. Many false gods through time, and they made them. They made them because they wanted to make their own things. They were seeking their own understanding. You know what it says in the Bible. They're seeking God in their own understanding, as it says in Proverbs. Looking for things in their own understanding. And they still do, by the way. They try to make gods in their own understanding. They're seeking God in all the wrong places. And people still do. Even some Christians look for God in all the wrong places. Well, God understands me. Yes, he does understand you. He knows all about you. But that doesn't mean we understand God all the way. Even if we know him, doesn't mean we know all about him. Because oftentimes we look for things that we want to understand. We look for things the way we want to understand, the way we want to recognize, the way we would like things to be. I'm talking about the human part of we, not the Christian part of we. I'm talking about looking through things through the human spirit, not looking things through the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're looking through the wrong eyes. The wrong eyes. You know, I used to have 20-20 vision. Then I was 14, not even quite that, but I was 14 years old, and I ended up having a brain tumor, my first one. And it was sitting right behind the eyeballs, and it made them go crazy. I saw two of everything. One was correct, one was off. I saw two of everything. One was right, one was wrong. And since then, my eye, my eyesight is horrible. And so I had to get glasses to make everything right. The point is, is that sometimes we think we see things right and we don't. In our brain, we get things wrong. If one for that tumor, everything would be messed. That's what messed everything up was that tumor. I'm trying to tell you, sin gets in the mind and messes everything and messes up our vision. That's what I'm trying to tell you is a lot of people think they see things just right, but they don't. They don't because the sin is in the mind. My point is, is without God, our vision is skewed. Is skewed. We won't find him, the Lord God, everywhere, especially in the worldly places that people look for. They're not going to find God. So looking for God in all the wrong places, you're going to see lots of other things in all the wrong places. When you don't have the Lord God to help you find it in the first place, if you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ, and even if you're saved, you're not going to find 
God in all the right places. You're going to see him in the wrong places. And you're not going to see and find the things that you're looking for if you're not looking through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. For instance, I'm going to go through a list of things that people look for incorrectly. Love. As I said before, that old song, looking for love in all the wrong places. I've had sermons by that through Valentine's Day. Looking for love in all the wrong places, and people do. They look for love in all the wrong places. They do. First of all, they're looking through the wrong eyes. But they look for it in all the wrong places. 1 John 3, 1 says this. Now this is, of course, the not the third book that John wrote, but this is the, because he also wrote the book of John. But this, when he was writing to the disciples, to the Christians, he wrote this to the people. And it says, consider how much love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And you are his children. That's what he says. Consider how much love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So whenever the people of the world, they can't see the love that you have. They cannot see the love that you feel of the Lord God. They cannot understand. It doesn't know him. How can it understand the love that God that you have in your heart? Now, it doesn't help whenever people of Christ, and I'm talking about us, and I'm talking about the old worldly part of us, it doesn't help when we go back to the flesh. It doesn't help whenever we go to hateful, mean shots. And I'm talking about when we go to the old, uh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to say something that's hateful. I'm going to go to the old ways of the world. I'm going to say something. I'm going to curse. I'm going to, whatever it might be that we do. That You know what I'm talking about. When we decide that I, they may hurt my feelings, I'm going to hurt their feelings. Now, I'm sure that I'm the only Christian here who's ever backslidden. I'm sure I'm the only Christian here who's ever said something to hurt other people's feelings, right? I'm the only Christian here who's ever done things that he shouldn't have done. It's okay. Keep the hands down. I'm the only Christian here who's ever acted fleshly. I'm sure of it. It's okay, Christian at home. I know that you have never slipped. I know that you've never slipped on a mop bucket. It's all right. I'm talking about a mop bucket of sin. I know that. But let's pretend that you did. Let's pretend for just one second that you ever got mad and said something you shouldn't have to another person. Let's pretend that for just a minute. And if you had, you may have not used the love of the Lord God to the person in the world. And if you did that, and remember, we're pretending here. Let's pretend for just a second you got mad at a person who said something hateful to you on Facebook. Let's pretend for a second you got mad at someone in your family who was rude and crude and lewd to you. Let's pretend for a second that that happened because we know in the world everyone's always nice. So let's pretend for a second you got mad back and said something in the flesh and you didn't use the Holy Spirit. So if you did that, and then all of a sudden you used a bad witness, what do you do back? Well, we weren't using our Christianly way. We weren't using the way of Christ. So what do we do? Instead of apologizing, using the ways of the Word, or the ways of the Lord God, but we have to go back. We have to say to them we were wrong, that we weren't living the way we should. But oftentimes we don't do that. We don't do that. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. First of all, the ways of the world, we know the ways of the world aren't going to be of God. But we don't go back to the ways of the world. We go to the ways of the Word. We go to the ways of the Holy Spirit. We can't expect to find love to those who don't know love. We can't expect to find love in the ways that are not of God, for Jesus Christ is love. So how do you expect to find love in things that are not of love, things that are not of God? How many times I've heard of even Christians who try to seek love in sex, who try to seek love in things that are of the world, not things of the Lord, try to find love in, in alcohol and love in habits and other things that are going to, to destroy you, not lift you up. I know because I've done it, and I'm not talking about in sex, I'm not talking about alcohol and all that, but in other things. 
I didn't look this wonderfully big because I was looking for it in health. I'm trying to tell you that habits a lot of times are a trick of the devil because we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We need to seek the love of the Lord God, not the love of the odds, the things that are out there. But we do it. We do it. Remember, consider how much love this verse, again, First John 3, 1. Consider how much love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and we are his children. He loves us. He died for us. He lives in us. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. That's why the trees are so bad. It's why they treat you so badly. Don't take it as an insult to you. It's an insult to him. That's what it is. It's an insult to Jesus. And if anything, if anything, we should take it as a compliment. It's a compliment that you don't get along with those people. But by the way, it doesn't mean we should be unloving to them. No. Continue to show the love of Jesus to those people. I know it hurts. It does hurt, doesn't it, when people insult you? I just... I just like to take it as a compliment and say, well, it's because they find me so handsome. Now, of course, that's not completely true. We know that. But it's not because they see my beauty. It's because they see the beauty of Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, we need to remember that. They're looking for love in all the wrong places, and sometimes we do too. We don't want to do that. Also, the people of this world are looking for history. Or as my dad would say, history. We're looking for history in all the wrong places. Amen? They're looking for history. What do they call history? Well, well, we'll go back to school for a minute. The things that people want to look for is history and science. Oh, I'm sure you've heard science so many times. It, it almost sounds like a bad word. Because in the news, they talk about science. Oh, we're looking for science, science, science. Folks say, don't know what science is. The Lord God made science. The Lord God makes history. The Lord God makes these things. Not people, pardon me, ignorant people on TV who now have disappeared almost as much as Waldo. I'm talking about Dr. Fauci. Where's Fauci? Well, he's out there with Waldo hiding. But the point is this. Just because Fauci calls it science, and he, well, he is science, isn't he? He said he was. He claimed to be science. Well, if that's what science is, science is foolish and ignorant and doesn't know a doggone thing. But I'll, I'm talking about Fauci now, not real science, because God created science. And he knows what science is. God is science. God is the creator of science, okay? Real science. By the way, Real science. The world is not millions of billions of trillions of bazillions of years old. It's about 6,000 years old, in case you don't know. And how do we know that? Because of history. History and science goes together, hand in hand. But they're looking for proof. They're looking for facts. No, you're looking for feelings. And feelings isn't proof. Feelings comes and goes like the wind. And it breaks like the wind, in case you don't know. They're looking for it in where? In all the wrong places. They're looking for things in their feelings. They're looking for things in their imagination. 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 Well, guess what? Imagination comes and goes. I could come up with stuff in my imagination. The fact is, coming from a man who's been a comic book fan, in case you weren't aware, I'm a comic book fan. You could come up with all sorts of, of comic book characters and through imagination. It's fun stuff, but guess what? It's all fiction. It's all make-believe. Oh, I believe that billions of years ago, we came from the snot of a bubble. Here's the thing. It's all make-believe. It's disgusting and it's stupid and it's not true. God said, let it be and therefore it is. That's what it is because God said it is and therefore it is. It's for the Lord God who created all things. And let's just say for a second that they're correct, that it came from what some nonsense from millions of years ago. Well, who created that? 
God had to be the creator, the Lord God. But history and science, they want proof and facts, but they're looking for it in the wrong places, and that's the point. In Romans chapter 1, verse 25 and 26, this is very important. They turned the truth of God into a lie. Now this goes for a lot of things. So you want to mark this down. Because listen now, because they try to take history, and science. That's what it says now. They turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. Talking about the Lord God. It goes on to say, in verse 26, for this is the reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. And this is what God did. He did. He let them have their way. He did the same thing with the people in Egypt. He did the same thing throughout the whole time of history. He said, if you're bound and determined not to worship me, and you're bound and determined to act stupid, and you're bound and determined to do stupid, horrible, moronic things, and you're bound and determined to worship the things of Satan, and you're bound and determined to do wretched things, go on, do it. You have free will to worship me. You have free will to follow me. You have free will to come and be with me. And at this time in Romans, you have free will to accept me through my son, Jesus Christ. You have free will to go to heaven, or you have free will to go to the place that I made for Satan and his little idiots, the demons. You have free will to go to heaven or to hell. It's up to you. He says the same to us. And listen what he goes on to say right here in verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what for what is against nature. Okay, we're talking about homosexuality here. Now, this is not to say we hate homosexuals, but we're also not going to lie here. We're not going to lie against what God made. We love all people. I love them all. That doesn't mean we're going to say this is what God made them to be because we're not going to lie against God's word. It goes on to say in verse 27, Likewise, the men, leaving the natural function of the women, burn in their lust towards one another, men with men doing that which is shameful, listen now, shameful, and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error, making mistakes, because they're going for the lust that is in their flesh. And things seem right when you tell you yourself that it's right, especially when you lie to yourself and other people are lying to you and the people of this world tell them that it's okay. They tell them themselves through history. They're not looking into history to see what God has said. They're not looking into the true science. They tell themselves the science when it's not science and when it's not medically accurate. But if you tell yourself enough that it's true, you'll believe it's true, even though it's absolutely stupid and absolutely a lie. And I'm not saying it's to attack anyone in particular, except to attack Satan and for what he does to people and destroys people. And that's what hurts me and hurts other people too. If we're not honest about saying we can love them, but we don't have to love what they do. I don't want people to get hurt. I don't want people to be hurt. I love them. But we don't have to love what happens to them. I'm talking about all people. We can love all people and not love what people do. If I saw a guy walk in here right now and kick someone in the shin, well, he felt that way since he was a child. He felt that was natural. Doesn't mean it is. And I'm going to tell him so that it's dumb. Don't you kick those people in the shin. That hurts other people. It's wrong. Yeah, but it feels good to him. Okay. So what? Does it mean it's okay for me to start yelling at people here and, and call them all sorts of horrible names? No, but it feels good to me. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's right. 
they, talking about the world, they can't see it. They can't see what's right and wrong. They can't see what's correct in history and science because they're lied to continuously. And they're blinded. They don't have the faith. They don't have the Holy Spirit like you do. It's not crystal clear to them. And I hate to tell you this, a lot of Christians don't see it either. Because they're either not saved by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus Christ, and they're lying to themselves, or they're lying to themselves because they're cowards. I know that hurts. I know that makes me sound like a know-it-all and a creep. The fact of the matter is, is it is what it is. I'm not going to lie. I won't do it. I just won't. And here's the reason why. I won't lie to, to the people because as much as I love them and I want what's best for them, I'm not going to lie to the people because you just can't. If you lie to the people and you're mean to people, you can either be mean to them and say that they're horrible people, which I'm not going to do that because I do love all people. If we have people come in here right now, people, let's say, of, of uh, whatever life it might be, whatever it's in, because by the way, I'm not. this is not against anybody of any lifestyle. But let's say people came in here right now of a lifestyle that wasn't biblical. Would I let them come in? Of course. Absolutely. Would I change the Bible to make them feel good? No. The same for liars. Same for gossips. Same for people who are sleeping out of wedlock. I'm not going to change the word of God for make, to make anyone feel good, better. Same for people who are cursing. The Bible says not to do it. We have to work on that. Maybe you have a weakness in your life right now that God has really been making you feel bad about. Something that the Holy Spirit's telling you about. Maybe right now you're having an issue with gluttony. I've had it. God makes me work on that. Maybe there's something in your heart that's telling you you need to work on lust. That's something that God's got to work on you through the Holy Spirit. Now notice that I'm not looking at anyone in particular because I don't want anyone to think, oh, the pastor's looking right at me the whole time. Well, there's a reason why I don't look because I've been accused of that before. It's, I promise to God I've never done that. Uh, if I was ever speaking about gossip and I happen to look a certain direction, people assume all of, all of a sudden that pastor's looking right at me, man, the whole time. No, I promise I'm not. The fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit does that, but it's not the pastor. Truth is we all have issues. We're all human, every single one of us. And we've all slipped. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. It's through the Holy Spirit that we're saved because it talks to us in the first place. It's through the Lord that we get our attention and it tells us what we need to work on. Not any of us who's ever not fallen short. And it's only when we go to God in the right places to help us fix those things that we can get fixed. People seek treasure. They seek treasure in the wrong places. Some seek their God in all the wrong places. Their God being treasure. What treasure are they looking for? Well, it says in Matthew 6, 23-24, Jesus speaking. But if your eye is unclear, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will be hate, there will, excuse me, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Because some people want to serve God and money. Some people want more money than they do God. You can't do that either. Our God must be the Lord Jesus. And sometimes we put things before the Lord. Can't be that. I know people who put sports before the Lord. Can't be that. They're looking for the treasure in the wrong places. Can't be that. I've been guilty of that too. That's why I have to be so honest. And it's hard. And I feel guilty when I talk to you. I've been told not to be so honest. 
because it makes me look bad. Well, I have to be honest with you, because that's what the Lord has told me to do, be honest. There's times I've put things for the Lord entertainment and everything. I never meant to. But you know, when you're not careful, you'll find yourself doing it. And you'll find yourself putting whatever it might be. Maybe it's not the same for you as it is for me. But I'll find myself putting other things for the Lord. Our treasure has to be our relationship with the Lord God, the Lord Jesus first. Power. Power is something that people look for in the wrong places. Power in all the wrong places. Freedom. Free will. God has given you free will. And you have free will. You certainly do. You can walk away from here today and say, boy, that pastor is an idiot. And you might be right in certain areas. <laughs> but here's the truth. You have free will. And you have freedom. And if we look for it in the wrong places to do whatever we want to do, it doesn't mean that I'm not correct. And by I, I'm not talking about me, but the Holy Spirit. The things the Holy Spirit is saying today. The Holy Spirit is correct that we need to work on those things. We need to be careful what we do, what we say. It says in Galatians 5, 13 and 14, You brothers have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty to give an opportunity to the flesh. But, but by love, serve one another. For the entire law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As I said a while ago, when we was talking about sin and lifestyles, we're to love all people, love those people too, all of them. We're to love them as if we love ourselves. Show love to everybody. Just because, even if you knew someone, let's say someone who was doing drugs. Is, is that incorrect? Of course. But we're to show love to those people. As ourselves, love them as much as we love ourselves. That doesn't mean what they're doing is right, but we as Christians mean to love all people. It's the love of the Lord God through us that may lead them to the Lord, not us, but the Holy Spirit through us. We need to, That needs to be the power that we concern ourselves with. Not our jobs, not that we're the most powerful people in the neighborhood, but that the freedom that we have needs to show the power of the Lord God, not that we're going to look for power in all the wrong places. Happiness people are looking for, but people a lot of times look for happiness in all the wrong places. They're looking for happiness in our vices that we might like, in the habits, even in false gods, as we were speaking earlier, if we're not careful. It says in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, talking about the Lord, he must follow me, Jesus says. Where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We must serve the Lord God. Not the little things in life, but the big thing, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Says in Philippians 2, 1-2, if there is, is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, then fulfill my joy and be like-minded. Having the same love, being in unity with one mind. And then there's life. People are looking for eternal joy in life all salvation they're looking for salvation and eternal joy in all the wrong places but we know there's one way to this and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ now people are looking for this because they want to find something that's just for them something that is suited just for them that fits just for them I mentioned earlier that when I was young I would try to fit into some clothes even now I try to fit in certain clothes I was saying this in Sunday school Try to fit in certain clothes. 
But the fact of the matter is, is just because you find some clothes that fit you in one company doesn't mean it's going to fit you in all companies. You have to find the, the size. I'd rather be too big than not big enough. And you would too. Because let me tell you, there's certain brands that I'd buy and it'd be way tight on me. Well, good luck when you have to go get something because rip. So the point is, is that people try to suit things to fit them and bring joy to them, but it doesn't work for all things. And the joy that we should find be joy in the Lord. Joy is something that's going to last for eternity, not for just a moment. But those moments will pass, those moments will go, but the joy in the Lord will last forever. Emotional joy comes and it goes because we're not to look for the joy, not to look for the joy of life in all the wrong places, but to look for the eternal joy in the Lord God. And it says in Galatians 1.10, For I am now seeking the approval of men, or of God. It says, or am I trying to please men? For if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, all around us, we see things that are popular on TV. We see things that are popular in the news. One moment, a person, and it, it depends on when you go back. But you can go back into the 80s, the 90s, the early millennium. People say, this is what's popular. This is what is fitting. This is what is true. This is whatever. And people say, no, that doesn't work anymore. People say, it's not PC. By the way, my initials are PC. With me, it's always PC. You understand? It's always PC when it comes to me. But I don't care what is popular at school. I don't care what is popular on television. I don't care about that. Now, I'm not talking about racist discussions, by the way. I'm not talking about being hateful towards people of lifestyles and all that. But I'm talking about what is biblically correct. So I ask you, what is BC? Be, and I'm talking about biblically correct. What is JC? What is Jesus correct? What is correct with the Lord God? What is GC? Godly correct. What is correct with the Lord God? What is correct with the Holy Spirit? What is biblically correct? That is what we as Christians have to know. What is biblically correct? We are to be loving to all people, but with being loving, we have to show them what the Lord God wants us to do. We can't just do what feels good, but what is good with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. We can't just say, but if we tell them that God doesn't want us to do that, it's going to hurt their feelings. They're going to go home and cry in their big pillow. But here's the problem with that. They may cry in their pillow, but it might be a good thing to let them know what God says because I don't want them to cry in their pillow tonight and then suddenly, excuse me, I don't want them to go home and not cry in their pillow tonight, but then when they stand before the Lord God, he says to them, why didn't you correct these things? They say, well, the pastor told me it was okay. Well, Pastor who? Pastor Philip. Oh, 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 oh. why didn't Pastor Philip tell them what the Lord says in his word? We need, and by the way, we, I'm not talking about just me, the pastor, because you are a Christian warrior, a Christian soldier too. We need to tell them what the word of God says. Amen? Our life must be the one that shines and not shows them to the wrong places of seeking things, things but the right place, which is the Lord God, the Holy Spirit. But it makes me uncomfortable, Pastor. I know it makes you uncomfortable. I know it makes you uncomfortable. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you go to the gym and you go to work out and you go to get in good shape, I don't know if you can tell, I haven't gotten to do that in a while. But when you go to get in good shape, you have to sweat, you have to get in pain, and it doesn't feel good. When you go to get in spiritual shape, you have to spiritually sweat, your soul gets put in place, the, the Holy Spirit whips you, the Holy Spirit gets you in place, and you're sweating all sorts of beads of spiritual sweat because God's showing where you're not in good shape, where you need to change, where you have to run in the spirit 
and get yourself in shape and you walk away and go, man, that really hurt. You know why it hurts? Because God is changing you, molding you, making you, and you walk away in pain. You don't walk away every time from spiritual church, walk away going, oh, I feel so good about myself. No, you might feel good because you know you're in the right place, but you walk away going, ow, that's good. When you walk away going, ow, later on you walk away going, hoo hoo, yeah, I'm getting in shape. I'm starting to do better now. That's the way it is when you spiritually exercise and God is getting you right because you're not looking for, in, for God in all the wrong places, but in all the right places where you're fitting wrong. Amen. I'm going to read to you Romans 8, 1 through 10. And while doing that, I'm going to read to you Luke 13, 24. It says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. The narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. They will not be able. I told you all ago, we're trying to get spiritual shape. Take it from a man who used to be so big, I couldn't fit into very many gates, especially they're narrow. And whenever you are in out of spiritual shape, and I'm talking about people trying to go to heaven, they're not going to get into that narrow gate. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the fact that they don't have him. They want to get into that narrow gate. Folks, they're not in shape for that. They can't do it because they don't have the one who can get them through that gate. It has nothing to do with your actions. It has to do with the actions of the one who got on the cross, died in the grave, and rose up again. And if you don't have him living within your soul, you're not getting through a gate. I don't care how many times you read the Bible. I don't care how many times you went to church. Don't get me wrong. I hope you have. But if you don't have him who can get you through that gate, he's the key to getting to the gate, you're not going. You're not going. Let's now read Romans. Chapter 8, 1 through 10. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak. Through the flesh, God did by sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh. Now notice it says the likeness of sinful flesh. And concerning sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to the spiritually minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is hostile toward God, but is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, now, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. God bless and honor the reading of that word. You have the Lord Jesus Christ, and the only reason you're going to go through that gate is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why you have righteousness in you, not because of what we have done, but because we, we have allowed Jesus Christ to do 
for us. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go to heaven one day. And it's not because I'm such a good man. Because I'm not. But when I was seven years old, I asked the righteousness of Jesus Christ to save me from all my unrighteousness. I don't know how old you were. But I knew that I was looking for goodness in all the wrong places. I knew as that seven-year-old that if I went on my own, I would end up in hell that very night. The place I live right now, it's in that same room. I oftentimes, when I'm reading the Word of God, look over and I remember what it felt like at that moment, knowing that if I was to die, I would go to hell. That means a lot to me because I don't get to a point of feeling like I'm where I ought to be. I don't do that. I go to a place of remembering, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because of you, when I leave this world, I know I'm going to be where I should be. But I never get to a point of feeling I'm already arrived because I'll never arrive on my own. I, I would not be going where I should be, where I want to go, which is heaven. Let me see hands today. Who knows that when they leave this world, Jesus is taking them home to heaven? Let me see some hands. Praise God. If you don't know that for a fact, today that could change. That could change today. That can change today. You can go to heaven today. And by that, I don't mean you're going to die today. What I mean is that when you leave this world, you can know that you're going to heaven. And it's not because of how great you are, but how great the Lord God is. You can go to heaven because of him. People are looking for God in all the wrong places, but today you can know where you can find God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in John 6, 46, not that anyone has ever seen the Father, Except he, talking about Jesus, who is from God, he has seen the Father. Many Christians know the Father. They know him. You Christians know him. Because you know him who is from God. You know Jesus. He lives in you. We sometimes forget that. Because we pay far too much attention to those things around us and not within us. And I understand that. We need to turn off that television. We need to turn off the things that are near us. And pay more attention to what's living in us. Not our minds. Not our own understanding. Not those voices out there. But the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pay attention. I know because I do it too. I'm just like you. But whenever I'm listening to the Spirit as I study and read, oh, the power of the Lord God it overwhelms me at times. And I say a lot of times to myself, where was that? Oh, it was there the whole time. I just wouldn't shut up long enough to listen to it. Maybe I'm not alone on that. You don't have to raise your hand on it. I'm assuming I'm not alone. It says in Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you, folks. It's there. We just need to quit looking for God in all the wrong places. I told you last week, God is everywhere, man and woman. God is everywhere. But we so often are looking for him in all the wrong places. We don't need to do that anymore. We don't have to do that anymore because now we know. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early will find me. Just keep looking for God. He's there. Proverbs 14, 2, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men, to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. And that's you. He sees you seeking him. He loves you. He knows you need him. Every day you may wonder, God, do you love me? Yes, he does. God, do you understand what I'm going through? Yes, he does. God, do you see the problems I'm having? Yes, he does. 
God, do you hear what they're saying bad to me? Yes, he does. God, are they right? No, they're not. God, am I a loser? No, you're not. God, are you still here for me? Yes, he is. His arms are wrapped around you right now. He loves you. He's calling you forward today. If you need prayer and you want to feel that love of the Lord God, just remember to keep praying to him. He's not done with you. He's with you always. Don't worry about the voices around you in the world. The Lord is with you. He's never given up on you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He's with you always, always. We close today with Romans chapter 5, verse 6. While we were yet weak, while we were yet weak, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That means he died for us all while we were yet sinners. Every single one of us at one time were sinners. All of us. Not a one of us were born righteous. Right now, there might be someone even here or at home who feels that they're not worthy. Well, you're right. You're 100% right. You're not worthy of God. I'm not worthy of God. I'm not worthy to go to heaven. If I got what I deserve, ooh, boy, I don't even want to think about what I've received. The great news is I don't have to think about it because I'm not going to receive what I deserve. I'm going to receive what God has given me through the grace of Jesus Christ. When he died for me, when he rose up, when he told me to come, come through faith, and I have. We need to quit seeking the Lord in all the wrong places, seeking his love in all the wrong places. We need to quit seeking all the history of what people are trying to give you and try to seek that proof. The proof is in faith. His history is when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. Quit seeking the treasures the world's trying to give you. Seek the treasures that Christ has for you. Don't seek that power that people try to tell you to take. The power is in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Don't seek the happiness of the world. Seek the joy that Christ wants to give you. Don't seek the life that you can have here when Christ has given you life that will last forever. Seek God today through his Son. If you already have it and you have those things, don't seek all these things by looking at the world around you, but seek what Christ has already given you and it lives in your heart. Don't seek it in all the wrong places. Seek it in the right place, in his word, in his joy, in your heart. It's there. Just look in the right place. Let's bow and pray. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you, Lord Jesus, because you, Lord God, you saved us. You have given us joy. You've given us hope. We know, Lord God, that the people of the world, they a lot of times tell us falsities, Lord, lies. And they don't even know that it's a lie. They think it's true. They think the history of millions of years, Lord, is true. They've been lied to. They've been blinded. They think that they're correct. They think that they're wise, but they're not. Lord God, they're looking for treasures and powers and things through money and all these other things. And Lord, they're unwise. that They don't know it. And a lot of times, because we're told that we're foolish and ignorant, we listen to them. I pray, Lord, that our eyes will be open wide and clean so that we can see into your word and your truth of the Holy Spirit today. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone here today who cannot see it, that today, Lord God, you will help them to see the truth. I pray, Lord God, that you will help my brothers and sisters in Christ and myself not to listen to those who are lying, but listen to you who you are the truth. 
the only truth, the way, the truth, and the life. I pray right now, Lord God, that if there be anyone here or anyone watching at home who hasn't heard your word, that they will hear it today and understand, Lord, that this is the truth that they need to hear. Not because my words that are speaking, but your words, Lord, that come from your word, the Bible. And I pray, Lord God, they will seek you and serve you, Lord God. I pray this in your holy, precious name. And Lord, if there be anyone who needs to come forward today and pray unto you, I pray that they will have the courage to do so. I pray all of this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.